Here's the scenario. You've been injured in a serious accident. The doctor says your recovery could take months, maybe even years, yet your insurance company is denying your claim every step of the way. If something like this happens to you, call me, Brian Goldfinger of Goldfinger Personal Injury Law. We have offices in Toronto, London, Peterborough, and now Kitchener-Waterloo. Visit goldfingerlaw.com and get us working for you. That was uh, pretty good, I suppose. The Raptors, a lot of things are left unanswered or perhaps with an answer that you don't want so far this year, i.e. the the Powell situation, Fred's finishing at the rim, Siakam's, you know, the halt in the progress of his ascension to a, a true unstoppable force on the court. There's a lot of things we're kind of waiting. Is it going to happen? Do we have the answer already? Is it an answer we don't like? This this season has has left a lot of people up in the air. But this game, the Raptors return to one of the the core tenets, one of the core principles of this team that makes it go, and that is good defense. Holding the Miami Heat, even though they don't have Jimmy Butler or Tyler Hero or Avery Bradley, Myers Leonard, to 81 points, I'm still pretty happy with it. I thought they defended like hell in this one. But... Right. Hey, uh, in case you forgot what podcast you're listening to, it's the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm Neil Sampson Folk. Hopefully by this point in time, you recognize my voice as distinct among many others, and I don't even have to intro the podcast. You just hear my voice and you say, hey, that's Sam. I mean, ideally. doesn't have to be that way. But yes, the Raptors come out gangbusters in this one. They win 101-81. to The Norm Powell in the starting lineup what would you call it? How do you describe a situation that confuses and confounds or confunds? I don't know how to use that word. All cards on the table. But I'm confused by it, right? Is Norm Powell himself has said that he feels more comfortable because you just kind of get to go and feel out the game properly. There's kind of this pressure when you're coming off the bench to exert yourself in a certain way. The team is looking for something from you. And in this game, you know, that's what he did, although it wasn't coming off the bench and he does it against higher quality players. But he had eight of the Raptors' first 13 points. He was busting up the Miami defense as a driver, as a shooter, and Kyle Lowry missing this game created that hole in the starting lineup for Powell to come in and kind of dominate in his own way. And I thought that was great because the Raptors, it was clear in this one, right? Because even they win by 20. But the game was within two points at the end of the third quarter, and the Raptors went through a huge drought where they just could not figure out how to score. In the second and third quarters, in fact, they score less than 20 points in each of those. It doesn't speak to incredible offense. You know, they're roughly on pace to score 81, if that's the case. And as far as I'm concerned, 81 is for losers. Baines also, I thought, was was really good in this game. The offense still... You're waiting on a lot of the intermediate skills that he has to come around when you're looking at a guy who can be kind of a... Keep in mind, now myself included, I watched the tape from Phoenix last year 
the games in which Baines played, of course, he's elderly in, you know, relative to the NBA. He's an older gentleman. He had COVID, nine months off, all that kind of stuff. So where he used to have this, you know, a reputation as a passer somewhat, an above average passer at his position, that has not been the case whatsoever. The above average shooting at his position as well has also been robbed of him. He hit a three in this one, so that's really nice. You like to see that. But this season so far, that hasn't really been the case. And he hasn't had the hands to catch anything on the move. He's had trouble securing rebounds. Now, securing rebounds on the offensive end and the defensive end, big part of his game tonight. I was really happy with it. And another good game defensively on one you know, Sterling player, Bam Adebayo. I liked Baines a lot. He even had a help side block against Kelly Olynyk, who is not, you know, admittedly is not a high flyer of any of any kind, but he did block him and then smacked him afterwards, which is, you know, legal. He got the ball first, but there were there were some standout plays. He was rangier than I expected him to be in this one, and about you know eighty percent of how ex, you know how rangy I expected him to be prior to the season. So. Big ups to Aaron Baines. The Raptors, it looks like, may have a starter. Not an overwhelmingly good one, but we might be turning the corner on this thing. Played more minutes than Chris Boucher was a plus five. You know, Boucher was a plus nine, but 23 minutes for Baines, 19 for Boucher. Now, I don't know if I would have Baines playing heavier minutes. I still want Boucher out there for the lion's share of minutes, but... I think that's a nice indicator for this game, at least after watching it, that they felt really confident in Baines' ability to defend. And I think rightfully so. So Baines, well done. Big part of the Raptors getting stops early. But OG and Pascal, in particular, I thought just had fantastic defensive games. Long enough to bother the big men that they're guarding. Quick enough to hang with the guards and wings that they switch out on. And I think that's fantastic. And in this game, not only upholding those two aspects of their defense, those two strengths, they were able to be, you know, very help-oriented as far as team defense. And I thought that the spacing, they were cramping it constantly for what the Heat wanted to do. Good closeouts are mixed in there. OG, of course, stealing the wing-to-point or point-to-wing pass. He has, you know, at least one a game usually, if not six like against Denver last year but those two guys I thought fantastic defense in this one they constantly were erasing teammates mistakes they make a closeout that is you know if Chris Boucher is flying out and one of Pascal Siakam or OG Ananobi is rotating over and Chris Boucher has to go replace on the other side the contain on the ball from one of Ananobi and Pascal Siakam is good enough that the swing passes aren't beating Boucher to the point where he has to recover. Just as an example, I think that's that was really nice to see tonight. And it, it wasn't just Boucher, but I think in particular, Ananobi and Siakam were a huge part of the Raptors' team defense tonight. Van Vliet, of course, digging in like a madman as much as he can because that's just kind of what he does. But the the Raptors, they they came out really nice in this one. The Heat making somewhat of a living off of the transition you know, because the Raptors went through a little phase in that second quarter after going up 37-20, I believe, at the end of the first, which did include a mini run from the Heat, but stretching from the end of the first into the start of the second, Terrence Davis on ball quite a bit, 
finished with five turnovers in this one. And when he's playing with Malachi Flynn, who was admittedly very passive in this game, he he was very passive in this one. And I think, you know, you want to see a guy who's a little bit more confident in what he's able to do, especially if you're taking a four-year player out of university, out of college. But Flynn was milk toast in this game. So when Fred was on the floor, I didn't like a lot of the decision making that Terrence Davis did and, you know, and finished with five turnovers, was pretty sloppy with the ball overall. When asked to create, was just not good at it. When he was off ball, though, I liked what he was doing. But that's that's the interesting thing, right, is this team is, uh, especially if Pascal isn't taking this huge usage rate and manipulating the teams out of the post. And again, the Raptors just happen to be playing Hornets and Heat, two extremely high usage zone teams. And that that does neuter Pascal Siakam's, his ability to use the post up in recent games. He was not super, super good in this one. Although there was some encouraging signs as far as grab and go stuff. He did find space in the middle of the zone every once in a while. He did hit a three. And so we're looking at a guy who has just absolutely been bricking from three for however long. One of three from downtown, even at this point, is uh, quite encouraging. But grab and go after defensive rebounds. I think he had nine of them. And five offensive rebounds, creating those extra possessions. That's always been kind of an underrated part of his game is sometimes he can get to the offensive glass, especially for putbacks. It's, It's not a huge part of his game, but you can see sometimes when his shot is struggling that as a weak side guy coming to rebound, He has a little bit of pop. And in this game, pushing the ball ahead, passing a little bit, and, you know, making his presence known in the middle of the floor on occasion, but mostly on the offensive glass, a good way to maximize his utility. He did that throughout as Norm and OG kind of in this game paced the offense. Terrence Davis came in. I I know I said he had the five turnovers on ball, but he's still their shot making pop to his game. Had a couple dives into the uh, the paint for layups. Hit a couple threes. That's that's kind of what you want to see from him. And he had one really nice pass to uh, Chris Boucher when Boucher found the weak spot in the zone, ducked in for a dunk. So, you know, that's that's where a lot of the offense was coming from. OG, holy moly, just keep shooting it, man. Five of six from downtown. Sterling performance. My God, he was excellent. I talked about his defense at the top. But offensively, if he's going to space the floor with that type of potency against those types of contests, because he was not by any means completely wide open. And we saw him, the pump, the little sidestep and hit two threes twice. So he's not only is able to hit the contested one, but if they come closer, he's able to just take that step to the side, remain in control and hit those jumpers. You'll love, love, love to see it. He was great in this one. Really helped the Raptors when they were looking to kind of bust out of a slump. He was the guy hitting a shot. Fred, you just see a guy who works extremely hard from the first quarter to the fourth quarter, not only on defense, but on offense. And there are very clearly limitations to his game, but the Raptors ask him and they lean on him offensively. So you just see this guy pounding the hell out of the ball because other people will just pass it back to him at the end of the shot clock. So he's keeping it. He's getting downhill. He's getting to like the nail. He's rerouting to try and find a guy in the corner or above the break for a three-pointer. 
Luckily, the Raptors shot well from three in this one. That's a huge difference maker in these games, obviously, is the the potency from downtown. But the finishing, the ability to make teams pay at the rim, that's still missing. And, you know, something he forces quite often, which understand why he tries to force it, because the Raptors need that aspect of their offense. They can't always be leaning on the three-pointer as much. But Fred maybe is not the guy to do it. I believe he's still at under 50% at the rim this year, if not falling a little bit further every single game. I love his off-ball work every single time. He drew some free throws in this one, but I there's still those caveats about his game, right? Is If you're looking to take stuff away from him, you have to acknowledge how much work he's doing on ball. He is creating a lot of shots for his teammates, but on the other hand, sometimes he does have the ball a little bit too much. He doesn't always know where the line is when he should be taking, when he should be giving, especially as far as his drives. And I think Blake Murphy talked about this on the weekly podcast with me. He does not take the ball to the rim very often at all relative to other people who drive as much as he does. Usually he is pinging it to the corner or something like that. And understandably so, because he's getting his stuff swatted at the rim at an absurd rate. Like to the point where now I'm not sure if it's static. I'm not sure if it's the same now but he was hitting 60% of his shots at the rim that weren't blocked. So he's getting blocked so often that it's cratering below 50% for his makes. That's a problem, like (laughs) a very big problem. But of course, the big story in this game is the defense. As I said, OG and Siakam erasing mistakes all the time. Fred really dominant on ball. Through the second and third quarters, I thought the Heat did a really great job of counterpunching with that zone defense of theirs. The Raptors really struggled against it. In that fourth quarter, they kind of figure out how to attack it. A little bit of shot making is necessary, of course. You're not just going to always create easy looks, but the the rim runs, the dunks, the layups that that were provided in that fourth quarter, I thought were a huge, huge support system for what the Raptors were trying to do. And then you have OG come in and splash a triple. Things start to look a lot better. The Heat on the other side, not able to create any offense at all. Kendrick Nunn scored well in this game, but he was not as dominant in the half court as he was in the previous game, doing most of his work off ball and in transition. Finishes with 22 had a good game, played, you know, I think a game high out of anybody, 38 minutes, really put the pedal to the metal when he could. But with that said, the offense really did benefit from Goran Dragic's presence in this game. Goran was the guy who could get downhill, who could get the Raptors in rotation, who could outfox a defense that was waiting for something to happen. Dragic would just do the opposite. If they're like, okay, the three-pointer's coming, he's headed downhill, the defense is coming over, with a lot of attention on him. He's spraying it to the corner. Duncan Robinson got loose for a couple dribble handoffs. Bam Adebayo still really, really hot from the mid-range to start the season, which is an intriguing development for a guy who I think, you know, has potential to hit the Hall of Fame just because of his defensive versatility and his playmaking, you know, as he grows, as the Heat try and build around him and, you know, Jimmy to some degree, although I don't think they're a, a finals team this year. But yes, I think for the most part, the Raptors were able to uh, keep the heat offense dead in the water. And that's a credit to everybody on the court. But a standout performance relative to his earlier performances from Baines 
and just really remarkable defensive performances from Pascal and OG in this one. And then, of course, you know, the whole team chipping in when they can offensively. When you play so much zone, it is hard to just ask one guy to carry. And the shot distribution, I think, bears that out because if you play a bunch of zone, you're looking for guys to find the space, to find the spots. And the Raptors, you know, had, what is it, five guys who were over over 10 shot attempts. And, you know, Baines had five shot attempts. Boucher had five shot attempts. Malachi Flynn had five shot attempts. That's that's a very high distribution, very even, as far as I'm concerned. OG at 12, Pascal at 12, Fred Van Vliet at 14, and Norm at 18. The Heat defense were leaving spots open. The Raptors put in a position where they have to take advantage. Norm, chief among everybody. OG, secondary, but, you know, damn near primary. Those guys hit their shots. They're able to keep the Raptors offense above water. So that was really nice to see. 101 to 81, an impressive win, all things considered. My Reggie Evans award winner is Pascal Siakam. I think the court coverage is just insane sometimes, quite frankly, working on the glass the way he did in a game where if you're able to recognize, and this is every coach will tell you, if you're in a zone, you have to be so much more conscientious about your defensive rebounding because you don't have a natural guy to slide into and box out. You have to find a body. And five guys have to find a body in sequence. The Heat did not do a perfect job of that tonight. You have, like, I mean... Siakam had five offensive rebounds. Baines had five. The whole team finishes with 12. That is, you have to find different ways to attack a defense. The Raptors realize with Baines, with Siakam, create a couple extra possessions, maybe a couple layups, maybe a couple dunks. They they found a way. And Pascal, I think, being humble and saying, I'm not the star. I'm not going to dominate against the zone. I'm not just going to shoot them to bits. I'm going to have to attack from the weak side on the glass. That was big. I liked that. I liked that a lot for him. Top quick reaction comment is from Clips, who, you know, anytime I see a comment from Clips, I uh, think it's, you know, intelligent and insightful. Also, shout out No Malice and Pusha T, an absolutely fantastic uh, duo of rappers who made, you know, back in their heyday, some, uh, some really good songs. Okay, so what we have here, quote, Nice win. Best of all, it was great to see the Raps not give up after losing the lead and playing hard. And no, the Raps are not a better team without Kyle. End quote. Yeah, it came close in that third quarter. You're just a bucket away from giving it all back. And the Raptors, they fought. They kept playing good defense. They found shots, whether it was at the bucket or getting bailed out with a, you know, a three-pointer from OG or Powell. That was great to see. They worked hard for it. They ended up pulling away. And we're rewarded for being the better team for most of this game. And one-handedly. It's not been every game that the Raptors have been rewarded for being the better team. They've had a couple losses in games where they've appeared to be dominant throughout, only to surrender things late. And as far as the Raps, better without Kyle, you're 100% right. They, they are not better without Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry has a, you know, a significant claim to the best player on the team right now. And the Ewing theory is uh is not going to work here. Completely agreed there. Okay, thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope it was worthwhile. But that's it. Thanks for tuning in and on your way out, whether you got in here, in the morning, or at night. Have a blessed day and goodbye. <laughs>